Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts every area of our lives. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Rotama Park. Our current service times are 9.30 and 11.30 Sunday mornings. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life. This is Sean Azaro, and you are listening to Reaching for Real Life from our home studio. Yay! Pastor Sean, yes, we are Zooming it today. You are listening to the Reaching for Real Life podcast, and we're using this thing called technology. What a gift. Who would have guessed that we would be able to do this today? I know. Isn't it crazy? I love it. Yeah, and you can be anywhere in the world, and uh, we can still execute the Reaching for Real Life podcast. So grateful that you tuned in, uh, and so grateful for you, Pastor Sean. You've got uh, some big plans. You, you're, why, why are we doing this from home today? Uh, because my wife and I have to be downtown. Oh. We actually have tickets we are going to see To Kill a Mockingbird at the Majestic Theater. And so because I live 35 minutes from the church, I had, and I'm going to have yeah. to turn around and go, it was easier if I recorded here. And, and just get anyway. And just go. Well, go. Cool. Uh, spoiler alert: I think the mockingbird does die at the end. I don't know if you heard. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're not going. <laughs> All right. We're gonna go. We're gonna go see Top Gun uh, Maverick again. <laughs> again. <laughs> no, that sounds like a real sweet date night. And uh, is dinner involved too? Do you gonna take her somewhere nice? Yeah. All right. No, no. This is one of those neat date nights. Uh, we uh, we love to do that once in a while, and so we're looking forward to it. It's gonna be fun. But we got to take care of business first, Baron. And the Reaching for Real Life podcast is business. That's right. Well, always lots going on at River City Community Church. Of course, you're in the middle of this great series here on the family, and you've got a big event for the whole family. What's going on, Pastor Sean? Well, it's for the church family. You yes. Know? And this Sunday night, uh, we're going to actually be out on the hill uh, right behind the amphitheater. It's a great setting. And we've got that big walkway between the back of the amphitheater and the hill. And we're going to set up a big pool and we're doing a baptismal. And we're going to be baptizing over 50 people who've committed their lives to Christ, many of them on Easter and just folks from different parts of the ministry. Our Spanish congregation has a number of folks who are being baptized. And so we're going to worship together. We are going to baptize a bunch of folks, which is absolutely why we do what we do. Very exciting. And then, of course, we're going to have a huge potluck dinner because it Yay! wouldn't be a church event without food, right? <laughs> yeah, right. And I think I signed up for the uh, for the green bean casserole. I think that's what I'm down for. <laughs> you, you probably did. No, I think, wait, Bill Miller's chicken? Is that, is that really what you're bringing? <laughs> <laughs> Drive through. <laughs> 
and done. That's awesome. Well, you know what? I think it's great. Again, creating community and creating culture there in the church is what you do so well. It's, I mean, it really is a family. It's a church family. But right. you, we you, believe that. Well, you kind of almost said, and we, but but here on Reaching for Real Life, we got to take care of business. And so on one side, people always say that you know, well, church is church, you know, as it should be. Uh, but some people say, well, a lot of churches run, need to run like a business. Is that true? Well, that's a really interesting question. Um, I think what people don't understand is that business isn't bad. Jesus actually made the statement when, you know, they found him. Remember, they went back and when he was 12 years old, they had spent Passover in Jerusalem and they realized they'd left Jesus, you yeah. know, behind. If you've ever left your kids at church or something, just know, you know, you're, you're not <laughs> in bad company, right? But they had left him behind and they went and they found him in the temple, remember? And he's mm-hmm. being questioned by the the leaders and they were so surprised. Where where have you been? We've been looking for you. And he said, didn't you know I would be about my father's business? Mm. Um, business just means kind of doing the things that are important for the right reasons, doing the right things and taking care of business. Mm. And it's not a bad word. And yeah. so a church is a spiritual family. It is a New Testament family, but it has business. Whether that business is sending missionaries around the world, there's business. What kind of missionaries? What are we going to do when we get there? Are we planting churches? Are we just supporting indigenous leaders? Are we helping indigenous leaders plant churches? Are we digging wells? Are we feeding hungry people? What's our mission going to be? Or whether it's here in our own community, uh, we know the call to make disciples. How are we going to do that? Are we focusing on any particular group of people or is just everybody in general? Uh, all those things are part of say of doing the business of the kingdom of God. Yeah. I think Jesus had the first kind of C12 group, right? Because uh, he had a he had a tax collector <laughs> in there and a, you know, and a fisherman and Paul, what was Paul? Was it, he was a tent maker, right? Is that what they say? Yes, yes, he was a he was a tent maker. He was, of course, a Pharisee. Right. Uh, but yes, the C twelve reference. Our good friend Mike Shero yeah. and the C twelve ministry that uh, that does such a great job with business people. Of course, Jesus. There were no church leaders at the time. Jesus got them, recruited them, and they became <laughs> the first church leaders. So yes, it was a it was a C twelve group. Yeah. Well, what a, of course that's the model, and a great model it is when you have Jesus as your leader. Uh, Pastor right. Sean, can we just talk a little deeper, maybe about as we're comparing, you know, Christ and his 12 with the culture that he had then and, the, and what's going on in the church today, is that fair to go there? No, I, I think that's a very fair comparison. And, and you used a word a couple of times, you used the word culture, mm-hmm. and that's a really important word. I don't care if you're a church pastor, I don't care if you're a missionary with a, leading a group, uh, I don't care if you're a business leader, a nonprofit for-profit, your organization has a culture, whether you whether you know it or not. And I think uh, an important principle of leadership is that the leader must be the primary cheerleader, even architect and defender of the organizational culture. Hmm. Okay. So if I just landed on this planet and I don't even know what culture means, what do you, what's the definition, Sean Azaro, of culture? Well, when we talk about, about the, within the context of an organization, Okay. I think it's what are the norms? Mm-hmm. How do we accomplish things? Um, who does what? How do we treat people? All those things, um, those make our culture. They just And it's it's funny. You know, it's like they say, you can't smell your own house, right? You're right. so used to the smells. <laughs> you live there. If someone else comes into your house, like, oh my gosh, geez, got a garlic factory going in there or whatever. <laughs> you, you get used to it and you can't smell it. Culture's like that. Mm. It's almost like you don't see it. One of the most interesting things I do whenever we hire a new staff member, um, my view is for their first couple months, 
their unique perspective and what they smell or don't smell about our house is is valuable. It's gold, mm-hmm. right? And so I always ask them, hey, I want you to just tell me what you observe because it's stuff we don't see because well, we've always done it that way. It's just how we do things and how our family does things. But a new person might go, wow, I love how you guys do this. You know, or if they're really integrating, well, how we do this, this is different. I love this part. Or they might go, gee, I don't understand. Why do we do this? And I have found out some amazing things from newcomers and they'll ask a question. I'll go, I don't know why we do that. Yeah. We don't, we don't, we don't have to do it that way, I guess, you know? And so you kind of cultures that the atmosphere, the vibe and how you kind of accomplish all that you accomplish. Is it like a secret shopper? Your, your newcomers? The newcomers, they got, they, well, they kind of are that whether they like it or not, because they, what happens is they come in, they came from a culture uh-huh. and they will bump, they will bump into things. They will bump into things on how, how do we handle resources? How do we make decisions on resources? How do we treat people? How do we, uh, what's our approval process? You know, what's, what's the, how do we handle conflict? What all these things are little elements of culture and sometimes they're written down. And you, get, you have it in the employee handbook or the organizational handbook. Other times you don't. Mm. It's just the stuff that you go, oh, I guess I just see what everybody else does and I do it. Yeah. So, but it's an important part. And, and a leader has to know what the culture is, what they, what they want the culture to be, and has to design it, define it, and defend it. Mm, good, 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 good. You mentioned that you can, you can see it or smell it, or maybe you can, you can't. But you sometimes can just definitely feel it. Almost sometimes when you walk into a bad culture by the, is it maybe even on a spiritual level? Right. Very have, much so. Well, then why is this such a big deal, Pastor Sean? Why, why is that oh, important? Wait, wait, go, 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 with, oh, go with where you're oh, going. Okay, Do you cool, have cool. a... Yeah. No, I, I was just... Uh, maybe even on a spiritual level. Let me just yeah, go with that. Right. Maybe even on a spiritual level. Yeah. Uh, Baron... Baron, I think that's I think that's an excellent point. You maybe in our what we do church work. Okay. And this is the same with a business, with anything, schools, anything. Mm. Uh, if you've ever gone to a church for the first time and had nobody talk to you, mm-hmm. that's a culture thing. It's not like there's a sign that says, please do not talk to anyone. Mm. Okay. Nobody told people not to talk to other people. <laughs> right. But if you can walk into a church and by the way, this is not just big churches. There are small churches where you go in, people get in their pews. They don't look at anybody else. They look forward. They go out, they turn out and they leave. Mm-hmm. And there are large churches where people come in, they do their thing. They never, they just kind of go through the service and then leave. Nobody sat and taught them. We don't want to talk to people. God forbid we engage newcomers. Nobody <laughs> said that. It's just what people saw. They just did what was modeled for them. And a leader has to pay attention to that because that stuff's a big deal. Sean, you've got this gift, I'll dare say. Is that something that you were taught or is it just, a, again, a gift? Creating culture, leadership. Well, I appreciate you saying that, Baron. I would. I don't know whether it's a gift, but it's something I am very passionate about because I see the church like a family. And I want people to experience the love of Father as lived out by the brothers and sisters. And so I think it's just something that for me was never was never an option. And and I've been in some churches that I felt like had good cultures mm-hmm. and they, were, they weren't perfect, but they were good cultures. And so at River City, we really try to keep an eye on and pay attention to culture. Yeah. And sometimes you see the bad and then you say, I'm never going to do that and might inspire you to, to be better. Well, there's some of that too. I have, I have that in my past as well. Mm. Well, I mean, again, since this is passion to you, why? Why is it such a big deal to you? Why is it such a big deal in, in business? Well, because culture will either... 
it, it can make or break you, mm-hmm. you know, and when it comes into whatever you're doing as a, you, you have your values on the wall. These are our values. You know, we value loving people because we're the church. Okay. And then we are unloving. Mm-hmm. It absolutely undermines the things you say are about. People don't care what you say. You can have the best, you can write the best books. You can have the best policy manuals. You can have the best training material, but if it's not lived out in the culture, people will see it as BS and they'll respond to it as such. So culture is the thing that people get whether they understand it or not. Culture is that thing that they, they're they fired up about and they're not sure why. Mm. One of the things people say at River City when they come visit, they just say, everybody just seemed to love each other and love being together. Well, that's something that we work hard at. We try to create environments and we try to teach on love and grace and forgiveness. But The fact is people come and they're not even sure they just feel it and sense it and they want to be around it. Yeah. Is this, I mean, do you get this out of a book though? I mean, how do you, do you, is there training involved? Do you have a workshop or is it just spirit led just doing the right thing? Well, I mean, there is, there is training about it, but the the word of God gives us Mm -hmm. everything we need. When Jesus was asked, what's the most important thing? Love God, love people. Mm. love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself. Those two things, for example, are culture pieces. Mm. If if you're a church that people just go, yeah, I don't know much about them. I'm not sure about the beliefs, but man, those people love God. And you know what else I noticed? They just love each other. They love hanging together. You know, after church, everybody hangs out. They don't leave right away. They just love each other. And they do, they're always doing stuff together. Another culture piece is the Great Commission. Go and make disciples. Do we care about people who aren't here yet? If all we care about is ourselves, if all we're worried about is us. You know, churches that have big splits or big fights over, you know, the stereotypical color of the carpet or <laughs> some stupid things that nobody cares about. Right. Churches that spend a lot of time thinking about the color of the carpet, okay, that's a, that's a that says something about the culture, and it's not compelling. But if you say we're a culture that cares about people who aren't here yet, and by that, so you see us always doing things out in the community, or you see us kind of making a, an environment that people are comfortable bringing their friends and their coworkers and their family members to. It's like that's culture, and it's like it, it's contagious. People just see, oh, we just that's what we do. It's like in your family. There's things you, you, when you and Shan got married, Baron, there are things that you did that Shan looked at and go, those are just weird. Why does he do such weird things? Why does he do everything wrong? Yeah. You were there. You remember. The counseling was great. Thank you. <laughs> no, but what it is, is you didn't read a book and say, I'm going to do this. It's the way your family did it. Mm-hmm. You know, your first fight as a couple, you didn't realize it, but you had been taught how to have a disagreement. How, how do we do it? What are the rules? What are rules of engagement? How long do we carry this point out? How do we come to resolve? But nobody maybe sat you down and said, here's how you do that, but you learned. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's that's what it's like. That's what culture's like. Pastor John, you mentioned earlier that you made a reference to maybe the employee handbook there at the church. And as you hand that out, Pastor Sean, if you were writing that manual by hand and you got to that culture section in bullet points, take me through that. What does that look like? Uh, that's a great question, Baron, uh, because they would probably include things like our vision mm-hmm. and our values. And we, we take those very seriously. When I say vision, a vision is a picture of a preferred future. So I describe things. If all I describe is a campus, let's say I describe buildings and I describe parking lots and landscaping. And so, and that's the vision that would tell you a lot about our organization. But if I describe people, if I describe your family in, 
10 years, where I describe what happens in people's lives and what mm. we want to see, that tells you something about what our vision is. If on our values, we have four big core values, and they're broken down into sub core values because I did I had too many. And so I wasn't ready to give them up, but I just condensed them. <laughs> we say it this way. Our, our core values are restoration, community, compassion, and stewardship. And restoration is restoring people to the relationship with God they were created for. Under that, we, we value things like the word of God. You know, we value things like worship, prayer, discipleship. That's, that's what we value. Okay. So the, in that restoration, spiritual growth, all that comes under restoration, restoring you to the relationship with God that you were created for. Community means we, we do this together. We don't do it alone. We love each other. We care for each other. You're more important to this fellowship than what you do. You are a brother. You are a sister. And so we value that and we model our, our life and we have our ministry centered around groups and we show that we value community. Compassion is we think about people who aren't here yet. Hmm. You know, we, we always try to structure our ministry so that your friend, your family member who's not a believer could come at River City and they could hear the gospel clearly. They could understand it. They could engage with the, the process. It also, for compassion, we take care of the poor. Uh, we have global ministries that we conduct or that we work with because we have compassion for the things that move the heart of God. And then stewardship is simply, we believe everything we have is the Lord's. It starts with people, the stewardship of people. We try to engage every person to, in ministry to use their gifts you know, and to help them become who God created them to be as a, as a minister, as a leader. But then also resources, our financial resources, our property and things like that. We recognize it's not ours. It's the Lord's. So we try to make the most and do the very best with what God's given us and be good stewards. You're listening to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro. My name is Baron Wiley here. And uh, if you'd like to learn more about River City Community Church, uh, everything's online at reallife.org. But you should come visit on a given Sunday. Pastor Sean, oh, you've been talking about, you know, great leadership and great culture. And again, thank you for a little a little primer there on your in your handbook for sure. Let's talk about now, maybe on the backside of it, some culture killers. Because there's always mm. that, that one guy. <laughs> right. Well, let me first let me first talk about if you asked about the handbook and I shared what the kind of things we put in. But if we were to talk about what are cultural pieces mm. that are important, if there's cultural killers, what is it that they attack? Mm. Okay. Cultural pieces, what we believe or follow. And it's not what we say we believe or follow, it's what we actually believe or follow. So if we say we believe in the power of God, but then we will never step out in faith or we never take risks that God's asking us or that the word of God asks us because of fear, it brings into question, do we really believe it? So in other words, we might have a tenet of faith, but it's not a part of our culture. How we treat people is a huge cultural piece. What things are most important? And that shows up a thousand different ways. If every time you have a decision to make regarding people and money, you choose in favor of money, that's going to say, I don't care how many times you put it on the wall that, oh, we value people, we value people. What your team will learn is, oh, no, we value money. Right. And so those are the kinds of things that are big, the big markers. And you, you've got to look in your culture and see what are those things. And honestly, the best way to teach them, yes, you want to talk about them and write them down, but you got to model them. The people are most open to learning in real life situations or in high pressure situations. When you in a tough situation, do exactly the opposite of what maybe the rest of the world will do. When you, because of your values and your culture, you say, no, we're going to do this different because this is what we believe. People take note of that. That's what stands up. So as your question about cultural killers, you're talking about things that, uh, 
things that get in the way or damage yeah. culture, correct? Correct. You know where I'm okay. going because there's there's one either it's a guy or something happens and now the carpet's blue and we got problems. <laughs> <laughs> that dang blue carpet. <laughs> yeah, c- culture killers. We can say they take the form of people, and they often do. But but it's basically think of things like hypocrisy. Right. Hypocrisy is a cultural killer. And as a contrast to that, I'll say authenticity is a culture builder. So, you know, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody does stupid things. Everybody can even have times when they go realize, oh, I was just a hypocrite. Mm. But if you stop and say, I'm sorry, that was hypocritical of me. I want to do the right thing because it's important to us. And you acknowledge it and you're authentic and humble then, then people go, this is real. This is really our culture. Mm-hmm. So hypocrisy is a culture killer. You mentioned people, toxic people. Yeah, There are some people who, man, they mean well, but as things go on, they will not embrace the culture. They will not grow. They cannot help themselves. If they're people who are just been trained wrong, we try to teach them. We try to disciple them, teach them the culture in the context of the process. But some people refuse. And so toxic people can be a real culture killer. Giving in to external pressure. There was so much pressure put on churches during COVID and businesses. Mm -hmm. And the whole pandemic just put unbelievable pressure. It was time for churches to decide what they believe. Mm. It's time for businesses to decide what they're about and what they believe. And it was a tough place. Leaders were really put in a tough place. But I think cultural pressure, you, you got to decide, am I going to give in to cultural pressure or am I going to follow my values, follow what I really believe? Hey, well, let's let, let's uh, dig a little deeper because, again, as a leader and, you, again, you're making those decisions, those tough decisions. Let's talk about, boy, what's it like just to be the, the leader in that culture and how, how do you defend what you do? How do you defend the culture? Uh, that's a great question because that is one of the primary things. You know, we talked about how a leader has to design, define, and defend the culture. Mm. And so I really believe defending the culture is just, you know, when you see something that violates culture, there's a great phrase I use and we use around here. And it's simply, I just will tell someone, oh, yeah, we don't do that here. Oh, <laughs> You just say that they do they do something to someone and they treat someone a certain way or they and, and I go oh oh yeah I know, no no we don't do that we don't do that here mm. that idea and it's not it's the idea to simply say we have a different way and then you define and you help them understand and to help them understand the why relationally is the best but I think there are some things you just put put in writing and say this is what we believe and value and so this is what we do and then the leader walks around you know you've heard management by walking around. You're just involved in the organization while you're doing your work. And as things come up, you you address it and you talk about the culture importance. That wasn't just a conversation that didn't go well. That was you handled a person in a way that wasn't helpful. So let's do better next time. Making it safe to screw up, mm-hmm. you know, and where it is a safe place to say, yeah, I did that wrong. I want to do better next time. That's a place where people can grow. So the leader has to set that tone and be the one who helps do that. Mm. Sean, I think you just wrote the book right here in the last half hour. Uh, now I'm having a vision of, of something happening at River City Community Church where a bunch of other churches can come and, and you've done oh, leadership very, conferences in the past. Let's go. Yes, yes. The, and this is one that I'm passionate about. I, I would love to help other places. You know, one of the things that I say to pastors all the time is that one of the best gifts God gave us is our eldership. And again, I, I was involved in selecting every one of the elders. And, you know, when there were two of us, then we selected 
the third. And then, you know, we the congregation has to weigh in on it. But who those leaders are and them being supportive and them embodying the culture is so critical. But yeah, this is a this is a big deal. And there are a lot of great churches, great leaders, great preachers who are struggling because they maybe don't uh, see what's happening in the culture and they need help there. So yes, I'd love to help, Baron. Well then, would you mind, is there an email address you can give out to maybe that pastor or that young church leader that's still listening right now? Pastor Sean at reallife.org. If I can help in any way, Pastor Sean at reallife.org. I'd love to because this is one of those things that, man, I think can help the church, help the church grow. It's great for businesses. It's great for any organization, but the church has got to be a place whose culture matches its teaching and its theology. Fantastic. All right, Pastor Sean, great job again. Are you still uh, talking about the family on Sunday? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Actually, we'll be talking about parenting, so looking forward to that. That's a fun topic, um, and it's one that, man, especially with what kids have been through and what they're going through, we need to hear more about. So I'd love for you to join us, 930, 1130, at uh, River City Community Church. To find out more, go to reallife.org. And what's your sermon on grandparenting like? That one's pretty easy, right? (laughs) Forget the sermon on parenting. Let the parents worry about that. Exactly. Game over. (laughs) Bottom line. All right, Pastor Sean. Well, I pray you have a great week, and uh, let's just take us home, sir. Hey, thanks for listening. We sure appreciate it. Hope you have an outstanding week. And uh, any way we can help you, let us know. Uh, Lord bless you. Have an amazing week. 302 Books, a division of Salem Media Group, presents A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life, Rediscovering the Gift of the Spirit, authored by Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Growing up in and around Pentecostal churches, I really learned to appreciate the role of the Spirit in the life of the believer, but I also saw what I considered to be imbalance and excess in some of our churches when it came to how we taught about the infilling. Now available at Amazon.com, Sean Azaro shares his most requested teaching and radio broadcast Podcast series in a devotional form, encouraging you to embrace the Spirit-filled life. I wrote in a devotional style to encourage readers to examine the Scripture with fresh eyes and make room for the Lord to speak about the role of the Spirit in our lives. The goal of the whole book is to simply make you hungry for more of the Spirit. Order your copy of A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life by Sean Azaro today at Amazon or reachingforreallife.org. Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525.